Hi. Hello. I'm Julian. And I'm Gumshoe Tom. There it is. We're here to talk about The After Party, Season 2. Thank you for joining us. We did Season 1, and so by legal right, Apple forces us to do Season Mm 2. Correct, Tom? (laughs) Otherwise, they lock our iPhones for several minutes each day, and we're unable Mm -hmm. to, I don't know, play Candy Crush? Is that a thing? Also, Tom doesn't have an (laughs) Apple product, so he is... Forgiven. Only you are legally bound. That's true. I'm legally bound. And so my <laughs> guest host, Tom, is not legally bound. But we are here to talk about episode one, which is called Anik 2, the sequel. That's a little bit confusing because this is a sequel to season one of this show. But Tom and I had a lot of fun trying to figure season one out. This is a, is it just a Chris Miller or is it a Miller and Lord production, Tom? It's Miller and Lord executive producing, but I think it's more written and directed by Chris Miller. Okay. And these are two gentlemen that we enjoy the majority of what they put out in terms of like the Spider-Verse movies and the Lego movies and insert other uh, Chris <laughs> Miller, Phil Lord projects here. Mm-hmm. But we enjoyed season one, so we were excited and possibly still excited to do season two a disclaimer up front because they dropped episode one and two we did watch both but we're going to focus on episode one first and then roll into two and they kept the premise the same right for season two in terms of kind of the format of it all yeah with the concept of the mind movies i think we even get the opening credits as the same as season one where it kind of is seemingly going to cover like each different mind movie we're going to have from our our main character. So yeah, I'm in. I think this one maybe started a bit slower um, in terms of maybe some of the characters and and actors that were kind of in it. I don't feel like it kind of hit me as much as season one did, but I'm still a huge fan of the mystery and the puzzles and everything else that they're, they're throwing into this. But I know you've got thoughts. Hit me up front. What do you think? So first off, Let me just mention that when we watched season one, Tom figured out this credit sequence, which each episode is like made in the genre of a movie. The Detective Danner calls them a mind movie. So each one of these episodes is going to be a different mind movie. Give Tom all the internet points for figuring it out in season (laughs) one. They're doing that again for season two. My comparison to season two to season one is, is that I remember laughing more and getting some more joy out of season one. And not to be negative up front, I'm with you. I'm still going to enjoy this show. But it's tough to always replicate like something that's fresh and new, which Mm -hmm. season one was. And then the other piece is, I think there was a relationship that I had with some of the actors from season one that I went in with, I mean, Ben Schwartz, it's tough not to enjoy Ben (laughs) Schwartz and the Jasper of it all. And then also the character that is Xavier from season Mm -hmm. one. Like those are just killer performances. They're very funny. This episode one of season two is focused kind of on Anique and Zoe and... I would. I don't know that they were the strongest characters I felt from season one. So when they're kind mm-hmm. of the focus in these first ones of, of season two, I think that's where it 
I don't know. Also, I'm older. I'm probably sadder. So uh, maybe that's what it is. I I, I don't know, Tom. But uh, I even went back and started to watch season one, episode one, just to be like, hey, did I enjoy that more than I remember? Uh, And my conclusion was I did enjoy that one more. And it was I think it just comes down to the actors and and who was in it. You know, Mm -hmm. your thoughts. I feel like they kind of threw us into this one really quickly in terms of like they did this weird flash cut of all these things that I guess are going to happen or we'll see in future episodes and then just shows kind of our main uh, groom guy dead on the like on the bed. I felt like that was kind of forced. I mean, I get what we're trying to just get to the mind movies and get to Anique and then his little like love story here. But yeah, I, I don't I don't know. Like, I, I think my gripe is very similar to yours where. I'm not a huge fan of maybe some of the new actors that they brought in. I think Ken Jeong is is fine, but I've never really been a huge fan of his comedy. I love John Cho. I think he's fantastic, but we haven't really seen much of him yet. The guy that plays Travis, the the boyfriend, I I know I've seen him and stuff, but he's not incredibly funny to me. So I I feel like that's kind of where, to your point earlier, this cast hasn't gotten me yet and I haven't seen maybe some of their other work to lead me to laugh at every one of these jokes. Sure. Sure. Well, on that depressing note, let's dive (laughs) in. I think it's important that we dive into the players and who's who. That way we can refer to them because our ultimate goal, Tom and I's ultimate goal, and the whole reason we started this Ted Lasso podcast is to try and solve murders. And so (laughs) our goal with this show is to figure out the whodunit of it all. I'm a huge fan. I should say this from the top. I love like Agatha Christie novels. I love PBS and BBC, like mystery. Everyone Mm -hmm. has to meet in the parlor and figure out who's the killer. (laughs) And so that's where this show first tickled my fancy. Uh, So if none of this is funny, I'm just going to treat it like a serious murder and focus on who actually did the (laughs) killing and just not laugh for 10 episodes or however many (laughs) episodes there are. So... Uh, Tom, if you would do me the pleasure of Mm -hmm. rolling through the who's who of it all, and it looks like, based on our outline, you've already got some of the stuff that you have internet sleuthed or gumshoed, as you like Mm -hmm. to say. You gum all over your shoe. And (laughs) so the floor is yours, good sir. I will be your Watson. You be my uh, Sherlock. Yeah, so I am very excited with this season because I know about the puzzles and everything they integrated into the first season. How sure. like, every episode had some sort of super cryptic, weird puzzle that you can like eliminate who the killer might have been. So this one from from listening to some interviews with uh, with Miller, they talked about like upping the puzzle game here. So there's still the same elimination puzzle. So throughout the episode, you can try to figure out who, like, they don't say specifically, like, what character is not the killer, but they give you, like, a clue for who it's not going to be if you can find it. Apparently, there's also a accompanying website with the show called edgarandgracewedding.com. So it's like a fake wedding website for this this wedding. And there's a specific section you can go to where it asks you, like, for a flower So I think there's like flower puzzles that you can pick out throughout the show that you can then put into the website to, I don't know what, like I I haven't been able to solve or figure that stuff out yet. The fact that this show just came out yesterday and we're recording the pod on it, still pretty new. So anything that I've kind of sleuthed thus far has been all me, but I'm excited to dive deep and I feel like I'm probably going to dive deeper on this show certainly than I did 
in season one. So for those listening in, please play along. If you have any clues, if you have anything that jumps out to you that we don't touch on in this pod, please reach out to us at Team Binge or Team Binge Podcast on, on Twitter and Instagram, or you can reach us at Gmail at TeamBingePodcast at gmail.com. So all those disclaimers out of the way, let's meet the players. So we've got uh, Danver, uh, Detective Danver. She's returning, but she's no longer a detective, which we'll get into, and I think it's pretty funny. We still have Anique, who is dating Zoe. We have Zoe, again, dating Anique. And the whole premise here is we're going to her sister's wedding. So she is the uh, sister of the bride. Uh, we then have Edgar, who is our groom, who is going to be our murder victim, unfortunately. Which, again, Allegedly. love this actor. <laughs> Allegedly. Who's this actor? Who's this actor? Zach Woods. And you would know Zach Woods from, obviously, The Office, Mm-hmm. Uh, like later seasons of The Office or Silicon Valley, and I'm sure a dozen other things. He's also in that weird space HBO comedy, uh, Avenue 5. Very, yeah. Zach Woods is is kind of my all-star in this, and the sad part <laughs> is is he's dead for the majority of it. But, uh, yeah. But so, just like with Dave Franco, he's still heavily a part of the series, right, which, I, all which the I flashbacks, like. yeah. Mm-hmm. And let me touch on, before I keep going through the characters, one of the things that I picked up in these first two episodes is they kind of color code the characters, which I don't know if is a nod to Tom, you're, you're not allowed to do that. You can't do that. <laughs> yeah. I don't know a lot, and I get in trouble a lot, but I know you can't color code people. It's not allowed anymore. Yeah, it's 2023. I don't see colors. Um, but they <laughs> they like give wardrobe to these characters that are colored. So Anita is, is always wearing some shade of blue. Zoe is always wearing some shade of red. Edgar, I believe, is supposed to be wearing some shades of black. Like he seemingly always has some sort of like tux or tuxedo on. Um, so I'll keep kind of as we get through the rest of these characters, kind of say the color that seems to be repeating with these these folks. So is the idea like they're board game pieces? Is that kind of the, or is it just to keep track of them? I don't know. Like again, maybe like the colors go with the flower puzzle. This is just me talking crazy i mean just theorizing because maybe i go to clue where clue is very heavily like color laden but mm-hmm. i interrupted your sherlock i'm watson i'm just <laughs> over here setting bones and performing surgery and trying to keep you off the heroin so go ahead mm-hmm. sherlock <laughs> thank you you've been failing very poorly <laughs> um, we have isabel who plays edgar's mom uh fantastic actress I've seen her in a bunch of stuff it's good to see her on screen again she's always kind of wearing some form of light blue we have hannah who is edgar's adopted sister uh wearing orange sebastian she's adopted tom she is yeah, she's she adopted. mentioned multiple times anytime everyone she's introduced. Does. adopted adopted <laughs> Also, I believe Isabel is played by Elizabeth Perkins, who I had the same kind of thing as you did is like I recognized her, but it took me forever to kind of scratch my brain as to where I would know her from. And the best I could come up with is she is the other mom in Weeds. I don't know if you ever watched the Showtime Mm. series Weeds. Uh, but that is where I mainly know her from. But it bothered me when she came on screen. I was like, I know her from something, but I <laughs> yeah. couldn't put my finger on it until I did the research. Mm-hmm. Uh, we then have Sebastian, who's kind of, I guess, is uh, the business partner of uh, Edgar. But he's kind of yep. like the shady best man, always kind of wearing some sort of like kind of dark green color. I'm sorry, Sean. We then have... I'm sorry, John. Let me interrupt you. Shady? Sebastian is, I'm going to say, the hero of the show. He's British. He's charming. 
I mean, he's got those blue eyes. I, I don't. I am upset on Sebastian's behalf that you would think <laughs> okay. that he's the shady best man. I think he's going to be the hero. That's my we'll number find one out. prediction. We'll find We've out. We've only seen two Mind movies so far, so maybe that's just their, those characters' perspectives. We'll see if it changes. Sure. Um, we then have Grace, who is the bride, obviously wearing white. She's kind of stuck in her wedding dress throughout the entire uh, series thus, thus far. We've got uh, Jeng, who is the father of the bride, always kind of wearing purple and very prominent purple with his food truck and everything else that we'll get to. I guess not food truck. I guess ice truck. Sure. Can I um, jump in? So he's played by Ken Jong, who uh-huh. you and I are most familiarity with him, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, is from Community, right? And so Yeah, it's a community in the or not the after party, um, the hangover series. Okay. And so his character in community, his name is Senior Chang. And so if I <laughs> refer to him as Senior Chang, it's because my association with him is from community. I don't want letters. I like I like the guy, although I'm kind of with you. He has a specific, like, comedic sense that I don't... Uh, he wasn't my favorite character in Community. He's not going to be my favorite character in this show. <laughs> but if I refer to him as Chang, I would like to be extended a little bit of grace just because <laughs> Senior Chang is where I most know him from. So Listen, did I see the outline and see that you wrote Chang every time you should have wrote <laughs> Chang? Yes, I did. I changed it. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Thank you for saving me. Uh, Then we have his lovely wife, Vivian, who is the mother of the bride, who's always kind of wearing a yellow or gold ensemble. We have Ulysses, who plays the Funkel or Fun Uncle. Love him. Seemingly wearing, yeah, yeah, uh, John Cho is fantastic. Uh, Seemingly wearing brown, I think, but there's not much in the first two episodes to discern. And then we have Travis, who plays Grace's ex-boyfriend, seemingly always wearing some form of gray. So those are our main players. I'm not sure. I think we've got 10 episodes this season. I'm not sure if we're going to get my movies for all of them um, or maybe get some combined ones. I don't know. But the assumption is this is we know who's dead. One of these people outside of Edgar is the killer. Sure. Outside of Danner also, unless Danner snuck in, murdered him and then quit her job because she needs to write two books. Everyone knows (laughs) an author, author is a failure if they only wrote one book. Uh, That's what um, the woman who wrote To Kill a Mockingbird taught me. So they jump into this very quickly. So the whole premise is this revolves around an after party. And the after party is the after party to the wedding. So they very quickly show us that Edgar is the one that's died. He's died in his sleep on the bed. Once again, I rewatched episode one from season one. I forgot how quickly they show us Xavier's death. He's like mm-hmm. falling off the balcony in the first 30 seconds. Um, there's some interesting things that we discover. Once again, our whole job here is to find the killer. We find out that um, Edgar's father also died the same way. And then we also, and this is probably the more tragic murder in the whole show, is that the beloved lizard Roxanne was poisoned. Tom, Roxanna. I'm sorry, Roxana uh, never turns on the red light. Uh, my, my, my question to you is, what's the deal with the lizard on the shoulder? Was this like a character thing that needed to happen? Did you find this funny? Like, was this... Uh, Edgar in the real world does not exist. No one's walking around with a gecko on there, unless they're like someone who owns Doc and Geico. I don't know. <laughs> what, what was the deal with Roxana? 
It was goofy. And again, I'm assuming they're going to do more with this to help us solve the mystery of this murder. Like, Anik even sees this and sees that the Roxana has died, so maybe this is foul play with him. Like, I, I, I don't know. It's weird. It's weird to watch him in every scene, and it's got this... Like, sometimes real lizard, sometimes, sometimes CGI, CGI yeah. sometimes piece of plastic. Like, I don't know. It's a, it's an odd choice. And it's, uh, I don't know. I, I, I'm i not completely sold on it quite yet, but it, it hasn't turned me off. But we'll, we'll see what they do. Do you think the lizard was poisoned or do you think the lizard had such a strong emotional connection? You know how, like, when old married Ooh. couples die within hours of each other? mainly mm-hmm. because one holds the pillow over the other one's face. Um, <laughs> do you think a similar emotional connection, Roxana watched Edgar perish, or Edgar watched Roxana perish, and it was Ooh. just too much to live? Although, to have a pet that's only going to live like maybe five years and to be that emotionally connected, you're probably you're putting a real time limit on life there. Anyways, let's, let's not dwell on the darker things like <laughs> death and life on a murder show. Let's focus on the fun things like Isabel being the groom's mom and Isabel is my second favorite character in this whole show. (laughs) If I got joy out of anyone, I got joy out of fun uncle. I got joy out of Isabel's mom. There's something about a mean mom that just will always delight me. I'm not Mm going to go into why or how. Um, And then when Edgar's alive, he's my third favorite, but I know that he's going to die. So, Mm -hmm. um, oh, I did appreciate going back to how much I enjoy Tiffany Haddish. And the way they did this episode, I don't know. So season one, episode one, not to go back to it, is you are with Danner from like the beginning. And she's Mm -hmm. like taking over the crime scene and doing all of this. You only get her, like, on the phone in this first episode, and I felt like, I don't know. I just want Tiffany Haddish more involved, and I know she will be once she gets on site, but mm-hmm. um, we discovered that she wrote a book about the Xavier murder and then quit the... No, I'm sorry. She's working <laughs> on a book. She's got a yeah. publishing deal for a book that's yet to be written, and she quit the police force in order to do it. I, I, I loved this brunch lunch that the publisher's paying for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, forcing her to like, hey, do you have any pages? Because uh, we kind of need some content here. But you got to love the cover. Uh, as the title is X Marks the Murder Spot, as opposed to his nice. his famous song, which is which is good. But yeah, she's clearly behind. And she I'm sorry, Tom, I don't remember anything. the name of that famous song. What was the name of that famous song that Xavier <laughs> sang and uh, topped the charts with? I believe it's X Marks the G Spot. Nice. Okay. Podcast for kids, Tom. So a lot of questions are going to be asked in a lot of homes in middle America. So thanks. There's a war on Christmas. Go ahead. But <laughs> I do have to mention, so this is the initial conversation with Anique calling Danner and kind of like trying to get her advice or ultimately, you know, potentially brings her to the house to help out. Um, in the background, I think this is probably one of our first hidden clues or messages because they make a point of as Neek gets off the phone, they zoom in the background and you see this map on the wall. And it's it's there, if you blink and you miss it, but they do zoom in on it and, and um, focus on it. And you see pushpins, there's maybe like seven or eight pushpins on the map. And one, they're all silver except for one that's in seemingly like Chile or Argentina, kind of on the base of South America. So again, don't have any idea what to make of that. If you do, please reach out to us. I'd like to figure it out. But I think... 
everything in the background. Like I'm doing a lot of pausing in the show to read what's on the screen, to see what's in the background, because I do think this is just completely riddled with, with puzzles. So I, I think this is our first, first clue. Sure. And did we explain that they used a puzzle master? I know we did when we talked about season one, but they used some sort of like puzzle master to come in and mm-hmm. do all this stuff. And like you said, they must have upped their game for, I think this is what always happens with shows like this is after like season one came out, they revealed, Hey, there was all the stuff you could find in the background. So obviously we're going to do it again for season two and they have to make it even more complicated just <laughs> so that the Redditors out there don't, don't solve it. Uh, what's <laughs> nice is I'm partially colorblind. So I mean, none of this is really going to make any sense to me. <laughs> Every character to me was just gray, so we'll be all right. Are you but a dog? We... <laughs> no, sir, I am not. Um, how dare you uh, try to find my real identity? Roof. This is Anik's episode in season one was a rom-com. So this is a mm-hmm. sequel to a rom-com, right? This is Anik 2, the sequel. Did you, and, and maybe I missed it, but the His Mind movie is a rom-com. No? Yes? Yeah, no, 100%. And okay. I'll just kind of say it up top here. I think what kind of put me off a little bit in this first episode was just the mountain of things that went wrong. I get that they're doing the rom-com angle and that's kind of the thing. You meet the parents and, you know, things go bad. Sure. But yeah. it got to a point where it was a little bit too heavy-handed and he was like stumbling on all of his words. And like we saw in the first season, this is his take on the Mind movie. So, again, he thinks all this stuff went absolutely terribly and maybe some of it did, but not to the extent probably that he's he has it in his head. Right. I had to keep reminding myself as like she makes him the tea cozy that he thinks is an Obama puppet, which was great. (laughs) Uh, Isabel saying or Edgar being like, my mom wanted to meet you, but she's busy with silence and alcohol, which was just the greatest line ever (laughs) delivered in cinema. (laughs) Uh, Like and then all the stuff you mentioned happened, the car rolling, like just him meeting the parent. I had to keep reminding myself, oh, yeah, like. Okay, so first rom-com, guy meets girl, guy gets girl, and then the second one is meet the parents, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and so uh, the the second one, guess what, people? The second rom-com's never as good as the first rom-com. <laughs> name me one, other than The Dark Knight, name me one rom-com <laughs> that's better the second go-round than the first go-round. The rom-com got master, Christopher Nolan is uh is my guy sorry you got mail too is that a is that an actual yeah. movie you've got email you've got well, <laughs> i don't i don't listen i don't get that reference and i won't respond to it because i don't think i've seen that movie so anyways um how to lose a guy in 11 days was oh, the that was a good one yeah mm-hmm. a great one mm-hmm. matthew mcconaughey anyways Where'd we go from? Oh, let's go back. We find out that Zoe comes from money. Well, kind of. She comes from a shaved ice magnate. Is that the... I know I've never gotten that word right on our podcast, Tom. Did I do it? Did I get it right? 
I think you got it there. Yeah. Wonderful. And I can't remember. It was like a specific type, and he gets very upset that he mentions, like, oh, it's like Hawaiian shaved ice. <laughs> Spits on the ground. I thought that was kind of funny. Um, we do get this bit where, like, when the car's rolling down, we have, like, this assistant of social media or whatever for Jenk's character, who's, like, constantly holding up a phone and, like, showing the scene of the accident or whatever. So immediately this made me think of, okay, they're going to use this kid. They're going to use this phone that he's recording. Because if you actually see later on when they're, I think, at the wedding, you can see this kid in the background, like, recording. So I'd imagine we're going to get some either a plot development uh, from him holding the phone or potentially an episode from from the phone's perspective. Good, good, good thing that you pointed that out. I will just say that as a a strong supporter of the SAG and the Writers Guild, anyone that doesn't talk in a scene, I don't care about. So I don't care (laughs) about that assistant kid um, because he probably doesn't have a SAG card. But you make a good point. He's probably going to be super super important. At least the footage on his phone is going to be super mm-hmm. important. Uh, Tom, what's your favorite flavor of um, Hawaiian or their version of shaved ice? I mean, probably just classic blue raspberry, maybe maybe some bubble gum. Yep. Okay. Both those answers are wrong. All oh, right. Okay. We then we then have <laughs> Sebastian. This is where Sebastian enters, and he's always kind of the guy that, like, as Anique is making a fool of himself. Sebastian is super British and super charming and super great. And honestly, just give me more Sebastian. I, mm-hmm. You know, I once again, I think he's the hero that we all need and want, much like the Dark Knight. Yeah, he's five thousand candles in the wind. Oh, so many candles in the wind. I would love to be the wind on his candles. Wait. <laughs> What does that mean? We <laughs> listen. S. Once again, Zach Woods. I won't say that Zach Woods doesn't always play the same character. There's a big difference between Gabe in The Office and mm-hmm. Zach Woods in uh, Silicon Valley, and then Zach Woods in this. I will say that, and I'm messing up the name of the show, but the the space show with Josh oh, Gad. Josh Gad. TV show with Josh Gad, Avenue 5, Zach Woods plays a very, the world is so bleak and none of it matters and he delivers everything like super deadpan. I would relate that delivery to this delivery. Once again, Mm -hmm. not the same character, but everything Zach Woods does in this, I appreciate, uh, even though he's given some ridiculous stuff to work with. I I just uh, enjoy his, I just enjoy his delivery during this. Yeah, I agree. There is a comment that they make, and I think it's too weird not to make note of, is that all the flower arrangements on the table are psychotropic. And so does this play into your color theme, Tom? I think it's it's more Hannah. So the adopted sister of Edgar, Hannah, kind of makes mention of yeah, setting these up and then being psychotropic and then, you know, being kind of a... Uh, jerk a little bit to Anique but I think this is kind of that flower theme kind of concept so yeah I don't I I don't know much about the flower mystery bit yet outside of you can enter the flowers on this website but uh yeah there's definitely more to this got it we then have the intro of the Funkle Ooh, I don't (laughs) Funkle just sounds like a word you're not supposed to say I gotta be honest it's not fun or uncle-ish it's uh I don't know. It's just, uh, it's dangerously close to, um, 
I don't know. Is there a bad F word fungal? out there? I don't, I don't know. know. I think yeah, it's fungal. Fine. That might be You're right. Fine. Yeah. Yeah. We did fungal. the last of us, so yeah, it's fine. I'm gonna start using fungal as a swear word. Um, <laughs> this actor, I, I honestly, I just wanted more of him. He's got the character they build for him. He's like a world traveler. His brother does not care for him, so the father of the bride does not care for him. But his mm-hmm. intro on a horse. And him having daggers, tattoos, and a vest without a shirt on underneath. I may have imagined that. I don't actually know if he's got a vest without a shirt underneath. I loved all of this. He's a fantastic actor, and I can't wait for more of him. We've got like little sprinkles of him in the first two episodes, but uh, yeah, I'm sure we'll get more. I'm jumping around here a little bit, but talk to me about there is a moment where Anik is outside in the dark and a naked person runs by and that naked person is edgar correct i don't think it's edgar like it has like a very prominent tan line like he's wearing a speedo or something i i would bet this is sebastian what okay let's talk about these buns that we see these (laughs) good white and tan buns that run by i thought it was someone who was very tall and lengthy or uh, I think it's the wrong term. <laughs> I don't think Sebastian's not that tall, right? I, I don't know. It, it remi- I, Okay, so the debate is whether it was Edgar or Sebastian. Mm-hmm. My, my vote is Sebastian. I think okay. the, the, the style of buns, I think the way he ran, I don't think it was quite as uh, awkward and gawky as uh, Edgar's run would probably be. So I'm, I'm okay. going Sebastian. As soon as we're done recording, I'm going to fast forward to that scene and just pause <laughs> it on my television until I get yelled at in my house or mm-hmm. a child wakes up and asks me what I'm doing. Anyways, we have a development here where we find out that Grace and Zoe are essentially having a disagreement on whether or not Zoe liked Edgar. And this is a theme mm-hmm. that runs through episode one and two is that Zoe essentially does not approve of the um, matrimony between Mm -hmm. Edgar and and Grace, right? Yes, absolutely. And around this time in the episode, we are introduced to Travis. And (laughs) I think you and I are on the same page here. I don't know this actor. I don't know what he's doing. I think what he's doing is supposed to be funny. I, I... I'm not trying to be mean here. I did not find this character funny at all. I just, it was weird. He's like dressed like a, and I know his episode is going to be like a noir detective mind movie. Mm -hmm. You can just tell from the intro and uh, his look, but uh, what's this guy's deal? Why is, why is he getting screen time? Who missed here? What casting director missed here? Give me a name, Tom. (laughs) Well, this guy is pretty popular. I think, didn't he, I don't know if he won, but I think he was like nominated for something, um, some movie where he played like a serial killer or something like that. I mean, I I think he is a a talented actor in his own right, but I just, I I haven't seen him in in anything that has blown me away from a comedy perspective. So, I mean, I'll I'll give him his due due time and we'll see what they do in his episode, but I'm kind of with you. I'm not a... Not a huge fan of what they they did with him, but again, some of this might be me comparing him to Dave Franco or Ike Barinholtz in the first season that were just so good. Got it, got it. He is Paul Walter Hauser is his name, and he is famous for something that I honestly I'd never seen this guy before in anything. So oh, you haven't? Okay, no, I, I did not recognize him, um, but uh, I guess. 
I will Ted Lasso it, reserve judgment, and let him be funny in his episode. Okay. Because I gotta be honest, Tom, I've watched two and I didn't find find him funny in either of them. So doesn't matter. What was funny is when Anik kicks this dog, right? That was pretty funny. <laughs> We love dog humor on this show. We love dog violence. Podcast. I mean, Ted, if Ted Lasso taught us anything, we love dog violence. It made me think, like, is this is this dog uh, still going to be alive at the end of the series? No, they killed the lizard. They're going to kill a dog. They killed a human. <laughs> I mean, I mean, no, no uh, animal classification is safe. No primate hmm. is safe. No one is safe. This is, I think, to your point about all the things going wrong, we have this moment where he's like, I'm going to volunteer to go pick up the family, and then he picks up the wrong family. I was like, all right, kind of funny, but I had to, once again, relate to my brain, hey, they are doing a like bit from a romantic comedy sequel. Mm-hmm. Not even the original, a sequel. <laughs> so um, I did, but... But in between the wrong family pickup is the fun uncle in the shower and Anique's room. And I want to make this comment, Tom. That fun uncle, the way he opens the door and kind of, there's a lot of steam. He kind of bars the door. And then he stays in there long enough for Anique to give up because Anique is trying to wash off fermented camel's milk. I don't want (laughs) to get into that at all. But... I got the sense that Fun Uncle wasn't alone in that shower in that bathroom. Thoughts? Ooh, ooh, that's interesting. I never really, never really put much thought to it, but I think that that's fair. I, Who I think showers can... that long, Tom? Name me one person. You know what? Name me five people that shower that long. We've got time. Go ahead. Oof, Brad Pitt, George Clooney, Matt Damon, uh, Jennifer Aniston, and Meryl Streep. You're just naming famous people. What does that have to do with long showers? Explain. There are go- gorgeous people that probably take very long showers. Have you seen their skin? <sighs> okay. Well, I mean, I've got <laughs> okay skin, and I don't shower for days, so I don't really know if that equates. But that's where I thought that. I, I just thought that shot was weird, and he does yeah, like okay. wait a neek out until he leaves. But you yeah, he doesn't apparently... fully open the door. He kind of like yeah, kind of side opens and and sings and seems to be annoying. So yeah, I, th- I think we might get more of that, and there's more to that scene. Sounds like Sherlock didn't pick up on it. Watson did, and since you're Sherlock, sounds like I'm probably on the wrong on the wrong track there. <laughs> we'll see. Um, Maybe this is your season. We. F- <sighs> I don't like the tone you just used. <laughs> You like, we're like, all right, idiot. Maybe, maybe this one's yours, dummy. That's what I heard in your voice. Oh yeah, my words. They were there. They were in my voice, but those are your words. All right. You know what? Two podcasts for now on. You do yours. (laughs) I'll do mine. We'll splice them together. It won't make any sense. I'm done with this. We find out why Edgar is rich, and hey, turns out he is. When they said crypto keys, be. I think they glow like green at some point. I was like, oh, he's get he's got um, kryptonite. He's an evil Superman villain. We're watching Smallville right now. I found all of this very weird. And they also have like this weird green neon thing in the intro too. So is this crypto keys as like uh, cryptocurrency time or is this kryptonite as in he could kill Superman at any time? The floor is yours. Yeah, I don't know if he's got a pocket full of kryptonite, but it's it's just making it tangible, I guess. I mean, I don't know how cryptocurrency works. I don't know if you do need something physical. I thought the whole concept kryptonite. of kryptonite. You this need kryptonite. Was, That's why they're didn't. called crypto keys, Tom. I mean, come yeah. on. Are you do you not read the news? <laughs> kryptonite. Cryptocurrency is made of kryptonite. I don't. Okay. 
Sometimes I just wonder if you know anything. That's all. Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable. I don't read. The only time I read is when I pause in these kind of scenes to be able to read what's kind of in the background or on the screen. Um, and this was an instance where I did pause to see what was all, what all was in the safe. And it was a very odd, he's got like a, a playing card, which is a baseball player kind of sitting on his shelf that he has displayed in his safe. Uh, and I, I zoomed in. It's, his name is Justin Turder, which I don't think is a real person. So I don't know if we'll get more to this or this is just a uh, an EP or... Uh, a writer, a director, or somebody just kind of getting their face on a playing card. But I thought it was kind of funny. Justin Turner plays for the Red Sox, and he used to be a Dodger. Uh, Gmail auto or Google auto corrected Justin Turner baseball into Justin Turner. I'm like, oh, no, I know it was this not, guy. He's got the big Justin beard Turner. and plays for the Dodgers. I okay. know that guy. Not him. Oh, it's Turner. Man. I, okay, so he may not be a real guy. Are you sure it wasn't just a turn? All right, no. I'm going to stop Googling things while you're talking. Um, <laughs> we find out that Roxana, the lizard, a main character in a TV show we're going to podcast about for the next 10 weeks, Tom, <laughs> is a lizard, likes white chocolate. So uh, put that in your pipe and smoke it. Is this going to be important? This was a weird... How much did the CGI cost to watch a lizard eat white chocolate <laughs> chips? That's what I want to know. It uh, was we, funny. we used to be a great country. Where, where is our money going? That's what I want to know. That's good. I mean, I think there's later like a white chocolate fountain. So clearly the white chocolate is going to play in. But I think the scene is really just establishing a relationship and rapport between Anika and Edgar. Like them actually kind of getting along and Edgar kind of seeing through everybody else's um, kind of, I guess, hatred of, of Anique at this point and actually sees that he's trying and he's he's a good guy. Yeah, I did find it interesting that they are developing this, like, Anique and Edgar, like, camaraderie, or at least Edgar doesn't mm-hmm. seem to like a lot of people, but he likes Anique, and you also see this play on Sebastian, who is, I guess, jealous of his love. Mm-hmm. Um they go back to Zoe telling Grace not to marry Edgar because he doesn't make her happy. We have the scene where Anique is late for the wedding, which, once again, pure romantic comedy, uh, awkward <laughs> moment. And then mm-hmm. he has to lift and provide the vow box. Now, Tom, was the vow box you and your spouse used in your ceremony? Was it you know, very similar to this vow box? <laughs> we we did not have a vow box although looking back i feel like um, maybe it would have been a good idea because i don't know what i said in my vows but hopefully it was it was uh, heartfelt oh here's a great question tom did you guys write vows for your wedding i didn't attend i was not invited what um... well, you were invited you just chose not to come you chose family <laughs> over me so uh i don't remember <laughs> who could who could tell it was a long time ago and I've been drinking. But we did we did write our own vows, and I I couldn't recite it here, but um, I, I think I did a decent job with it. Did you get choked up, Tom? Oh yeah, I I absolutely did. I kept telling myself like I wouldn't, but like my knees kind of started shaking and buckling of, oh, of having yeah. to kind of give this. Yeah, Weddings... and I assumed everybody could see my knees buckle, but like I don't think anybody could but yeah. me. I could just feel it. Yeah, weddings are brutal, man. So brutal. <laughs> People shouldn't do them. That's what. That's that's my. Uh... Uh, people should get married but not have weddings. That's my uh, just parties. To everyone. No, yeah, no, no, no parties. Just vow boxes alone in cemeteries. <laughs> we like to get married in the in our graves. <laughs> you just take the vow box and they just slowly sink into the ground. Ah oh, man, the Shrutes had it right. 
That's uh, that's for sure. All right. <laughs> the funny bit here is that Anik, I don't know. I felt like this went on for a really long time. And Anik looks like a strong gentleman, so I don't know why he struggled with this. But who didn't have a tough time moving <laughs> yeah. the bow box around? Sebastian just comes there at the end and just very easily lifts it off and puts it to the side. I thought that was kind of funny. That's right. Sebastian Stan, the guy that's going to be Captain America, came in and removed that vow box easily. Is that his name? Not quite. Sebastian? Not quite. What's his name? He, yeah, Sebastian Stan is the actor that played. Okay. Um, Thank you. Sounds like I was <laughs> not right. Captain America. Sounds like I sounds like I knew it all. I'm a big Marvel head. Marble yeah, head, he, they call me. He plays Iron Arm. Uh, old iron arm in that iron arm suit he flies around he fights obadiah man he's in kiss kiss bang bang it's all good stuff there's a family picture that they take and i do find this kind of interesting it's like when the boyfriend or the girlfriend's there do you let him in the family picture i'm gonna mm-hmm. let you know from the top i am anti non-family being in family pictures because you have no idea how that relationship's gonna go I in fact agree. most marriages you don't know where they're gonna go so i actually take out even spouses i cut mm. boyfriends and girlfriends i cut spouses in fact, you have to be the same blood type and DNA in order to be in that photo, which requires everyone to get swabbed and then a couple of days to get the results back. And so that's why there's no photos of my wedding. Hmm. So it's all just headshots of you. It's just me and my fun uncle uh, who <laughs> wouldn't stop hugging me, which uh, I'm not going to go into. I'm not going to show you on the doll. But, you know, it is what it is. Anik gets the lizard. That's the important thing. Roxana mm-hmm. ends up on Anik's shoulder for a very brief period. Mm-hmm. And he also gets the Isabel's purse, which, again, it, nothing much comes in the first episode, but I'm assuming there's going to be more to it. And they, they drop it on the floor. There seems to be, like, maybe a note or lipstick or something in there. So, again, I'm sure we'll get more to this in future episodes, but it's worth noting that he gets the purse. He does get the purse. He does drop it. No pistol. There should have been a revolver that fell mm-hmm. out of that. Although, since Edgar wasn't shot, that wouldn't make a whole lot of sense. But we don't know he wasn't shot because the police haven't examined the body yet. Exactly. Uh, Can't wait for the police to really get in and dig into that body, you know, really touch that body. Anyways. favorite part of CSI. I love CSI. Actually, I've never watched an episode, but I wanted to yes and you, so I did. (laughs) Speaking of yes anding and trying too hard, what the bleep is going on with this waiter? This waiter that talks to Anik, I felt like this actor is someone's brother-in-law, and they were like, yeah, dude, just, I guess, cook for a little while. And then they were like, <laughs> we need to make this episode 48 minutes, so we'll keep his shot in here. Uh, what was the deal with this waiter, Tom? Did this waiter yeah, throw was... you off as, as much as it did me? It, it was weird. Unless he comes into play later, or unless, once again... I feel like this guy won an auction or some sort of charity thing, and they were like, hey, you get to be in the next Phil and Lord vehicle. And he's like, great. Anyways, this waiter was trying so hard. It honestly bothered me. I was like, what's happening here? Yeah, it kind of took me out a little bit, too. I don't I don't know what they were doing. And M- Megan, maybe we'll see more of him. I don't necessarily need more of him, but uh, yeah. No, I want less of him. 
That's what I want, John. I want less of him. The jury's spoken. Watson has spoken. Sherlock, we'd like less of him. We have a lost Roxanne. Uh. Mm-hmm. Yes, very good. <laughs> don't don't you dare miss her, her last vowel. <laughs> uh, but she doesn't... Like, no one will ever know. I covered so well, Tom. <laughs> we'll cut out that silence in between. Um, but yeah, so like nothing really comes of it. Like... Uh, and he kind of runs around and tries to find the lizard. The lizard ultimately ends up just right back on Edgar's shoulder. So, again, not not sure what's going on, but um, we get Neek panicking a little bit more as a, a panicking rom-com guy. The DJ's great. He's, like, shouting at people. He's disgruntled. He's hitting on <laughs> yeah. people. Everything you want from a DJ at a wedding. That DJ, <laughs> that actor's in other things. I did not look up what he's from, but he's recognizable, and he's funny, unlike... Uh, some other characters in this show so give me more dj i hope the dj gets an episode yeah here comes the tall guy and his bride (laughs) (laughs) um okay so this is the first clue um the elimination clue i was able to actually sleuth and pick this up by myself when i was watching so throughout this whole sequence when anik walks into the reception and is going from table to table and running around trying to find Roxana, if you look at the tables that are all in the background, they always have a letter. So the tables are lettered, which is weird in and of itself. Like, why would a wedding table be a letter? If well, you they're watch doing the- seating arrangement, Tom. So you're you're you know you're at table A or B or yeah. C. If my letters case, seem goofy, Z3. you figure they'd be numbers. <laughs> sure, you figure they'd be numbers. But if you look throughout the scene, the same exact tables are changing numbers. So every time you can see a table number in the background, if you put those letters together, they actually spell out a word uh, or a phrase that is eliminating a potential killer. So like as Anik is talking to that uh, waiter guy that's going by, you can see like an O on the table behind him. It cuts back to the waiter guy. It cuts back to Anik. That O now changes to a T and it cuts back and now he's looking for the lizard or whatever and it changes to an H. So it's very simple and kind of clever, but I noticed it when I was kind of clocking the background and had to rewind the scene. And if you put these letters together, it spells out not the snorer. So we don't know who that is now because we don't know any characters that are snorers, but I'm assuming later on we're going to get a prominent character snoring in their sleep or whatever else, and we can now eliminate that character as a murderer. Wow. Wow, wow, wowzers, wowie. Not the snorer. Okay? So there you go, man. That's the first clue, and I was proud of myself. I did that without the internet. Tom, I'm proud of you. Listen, (laughs) I've got your parents here. We're proud of you. (laughs) Mr. and Mrs. uh, Tom, would you like to say something to your son? We're very proud of you, Tom. This is your mother. (laughs) I am proud. This is your father. I am also proud. So, Tom, incredible work. Me and your parents are so proud. So at no point... (laughs) You're welcome, son. Uh, Sorry, that was your mom. Um, Listen, (laughs) Tom, I love your parents. I just want to say that from the top. And if they listen to this, I'm sorry. Um, But they are proud of you. I know them. They are. Uh, So... At no point during this episode does anyone mention snoring. So you, you, this is a clue that's going to be revealed. You think this is something we have to pocket. You don't think yes. we just missed something in here? Yeah, I didn't go back to the first season, but I remember they did the same thing, not the whatever. And they didn't just say, like, not the Anique. Like, they said not the <laughs> ro- romantic comedy guy or something. 
Oh, that's great. So you did have to piece it and puzzle it up kind of later. So you keep that in your back pocket. So again, well, I'm going to try my best to to do this. I'm going to try to on the pod just do like myself and then maybe afterwards i'll do some some sleuthing on the internet to see what else the internet had kind of brought up and maybe i'll bring it up on on future pods because i think this is this is fun some of the cryptic ones we saw last season where you got to like really solve puzzles i don't know if i'm going to go that far but this was a fun one to do because you can very easily just rewind uh pause every time you see a letter write it down and then it spells this out yep well, great work. I know that as I watch the show, as soon as someone who's snoring is mentioned, I will be that Leonardo DiCaprio meme, meme where I point at the <laughs> television. So good work, Tom. Very proud. We're all proud. Everyone in this room, all dozen of us are proud. Thank you. Isabel's gives a speech. It's great. Uh, I, I wish I had the confidence, the um, <laughs> unearned confidence of someone to get up in front of all those people and just get scat my way through a speech. This was wonderful. <laughs> Bibbidi boop. Who cares? Moving who on. Cares? So great. don't clap for me. Don't clap for me. Don't clap for me. And then Zoe gets up to give her speech, but it's awkwardly interrupted. I did not understand what was this. It sounded like someone was using a saw. If this was an Arrested Development episode, you'd go <laughs> ice. Can we cool it with the smoothies? Um, <laughs> Which Ice is a bounty hunter and also a caterer. Uh, he's an incredible talent. We need Ice. We need Michael. Anyways, uh, I, I, this was, I mean, obviously it's a TV show, so I'm not going to get into it. But she like quit on this or she was pushed away after she was interrupted several times. And I did not like how this went, but we're going to. Well, she gets mad at, she gets mad at Edgar. Like, right. Because he I kind, think of, it's he's kind like, of. Oh, good work. And he like kind of brushes her off the stage essentially right mm-hmm. it's like giving us as an audience a reason to think like that she might be the killer i think like creating some animosity between her and him but again i i don't know i don't know what this background noise is it seems like it's construction stuff maybe like mike feedback i don't know but surely we'll play it in other episodes no it was a rotary saw or a smoothie machine those are the only two options also if zoe's the killer in this episode great it would make her more interesting than i think she is in this show or the last season (laughs) i'm sorry i just bring back yasper i love yasper you know sorry man speak your truth we have the best man speech, Sebastian. Golly, man, is this guy a hero or what? Like, he is certainly not the killer. <laughs> and I think because he's British and Sherlock Holmes was British and you're British, uh, I think he's going to be our hero. That's all I'm going to say. Sebastian for the win. He was a great in Little Mermaid. <laughs> Incredible. So after the wedding, we go to the after party. The thing that is important here is that Edgar is, like, drunk or drugged or... He wants to go to bed early, and he departs the after party very quickly. I don't know, mm-hmm. 9.30? Yeah, he's and- got a very regimented schedule, which I think we get in, in the second episode. But yeah, he kind of, in, in this telling of the story, is screaming at everybody and makes his, makes his exit. And I think Grace is kind of like almost treating him like a child and is taking him out of the room. We end this episode with a neat... I guess thinking it's Grace, the bride, because he saw her putting something in the drink and they're blue pills. Now, uh, I would argue that blue pills sometimes look like purple pills, and those can be very useful at the end of the night. 
for someone who needs to achieve. <laughs> uh, you realize that like Viagra are blue pills, right? Sure. I did not say that to throw people <laughs> off the scent. That's for sure. But yeah, there it is. We'll we'll kind of find this out. We we get Danner kind of coming in at the end of this episode and kind of surprising Anique um, with her presence. We knew she was kind of coming, but didn't know she'd be here this quickly. And now we're going to get Danner kind of doing her her fun detective stuff and and hearing everybody's uh, new mind movies. So next episode we have Grace telling hers. Wonderful, and I'm so happy to have Tip- Tiffany Addish back because she is a shining light in the comedy of this show so hopefully she can make me laugh because episode one i don't know i don't want to be critical tom as we've talked about it i'm having more fun talking about it than i think i did during the show itself i just feel like season one was a bit stronger on the pilot side but do you have do we want to talk about who we think it is this early? Do you think you have enough data? Do you want to take a wild swing? Do you think it might be Justin Turner, the Dodgers shortstop <laughs> with the big red beard? Or uh, do you have a guess now? Or would you like to wait until we go into some more episodes? I mean, I don't know. I guess I'll take a stab. I don't think it'll probably be a prime character. I think it might be maybe one of the lesser ones. I also think based on what we got from the first episode it seems like some of these people are maybe scheming together so i wouldn't be surprised if it's multiple people but i'll just throw out uh hannah hannah the adopted sister no 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 she's the sister adopted adopted yes <laughs> okay tom i'm gonna let you know my episode one is the mother of zoe and grace i'm gonna go with um, vivian vivian that's who i okay. think the murderer is okay, so I like it for those of you that are listening Still, for some reason, we forgive you. Uh, You can reach us with your conjectures and theories. Once again, we are going to watch the show purely as people trying to solve a murder, not as people who love to laugh. Um, You can (laughs) reach out to us at teambingepodcast at gmail.com. Tom will talk about the other socials. Uh, My ask is, if you would... Go on to Apple Podcasts and rate and review us. If it's a nice review, if it's going to be a mean one, then you can put it in your pocket and smoke it. <laughs> uh, but yes, again, continue the conversations on Twitter and Instagram at Team Binge or Team Binge Podcast. This is a fun show with audience participation. So if you do want to play along with us, uh, please do and reach out uh, because I do think it's more fun with with the community of people trying to to solve these things. And I think there's plenty of little puzzles and things like that we probably missed in the background. So if you caught some stuff in in this first episode, uh, please let us know what you caught and we can play along together. Well, I have been Julian not murdered on his wedding night. (laughs) And I have been Gumshoe Tom. We'll see you next time, everybody.